time in our service, we'd like to invite all the kids to come to the front pews here. Not the second or the third or the fourth. Come right up into the front pews. And if you want to sit on the ground in front of the front pew, that's okay too. Just don't get right up into the platform. We don't want anyone to get hurt. Okay, come to the front. Come down, kids. All right. Welcome, welcome, boys and girls. This is our carpenter shop. In fact, this is our recreation of the carpenter shop that Jesus grew up in as a boy. And we'll talk about that in a little while, but it's just exciting to have everybody here today. I'd like to welcome everybody to kick off Sunday. Every year, Pastor Allen becomes different things, a jungle explorer, a scientist, uh, ice cream maker, a superhero dressed like a piece of bacon, a piece of pizza. <laughs> There's a food theme there. I love, I love our potluck suppers. But this year, I said, how do I dress? I want to be like a carpenter. And back in the days, carpenters, sometimes they wore leather aprons and they had lots of tools and stuff. But now, carpenters and farmers, they, they dress pretty casually. A lot of them, they'll just have running shoes on, sometimes even steel-toed running shoes. And, you know, sometimes they'll, on a construction site, they'll wear their hard hat, but most often you'll just see them out in the sun in a ball cap. And one thing they still wear more often than not, they still have a tool belt. And believe it or not, this tool belt, it's old. It's not nice like uh, Mr. Vern Schellenberg's tool belt. His has suspenders built in because he's a gentleman of a certain age. And uh, it's just, it's a wonderful, holds lots of tools and measuring tapes. And this one I used to wear when I was 21 years old. And look, it still fits. In fact, this morning, <laughs> this morning I went out to the garage and got my tool belt and said, this should fit. Maybe I need to let it out an inch or so because I'm wearing a jacket. I put it on. It was a foot too short, so I, I had to let it out a lot, but it is it fits today. This is the carpenter belt that I wore for years, and I used to build not houses. Nobody ever trusted me with a house. I used to build barns and machine sheds, and that's how I supported my family when we were going to Bible school and seminary, so that was an exciting time. I'm just going to take my cough drop out. None of you kids eat it. It's going to be right here, okay? All right. And so, I want to be like a carpenter today because Jesus, who we love, our Lord and Savior, he was called a carpenter as well. In fact, look at this passage from the Gospel of Mark, what they say about Jesus. It says, where did this man, this is when Jesus was visiting his hometown that he grew up in, Nazareth, and the people knew him his whole life that he'd been there. Now he was 30 years old and suddenly he goes out and begins to teach and preach because you had to be 30 years old to begin to preach and teach publicly in those days. But the people always knew Jesus by his other job. It said, where did this man get these things? They asked, what's this wisdom that's been given him that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. They were offended that a simple carpenter was now telling them important truths from God's word. They knew him throughout his life. And they said, he's a carpenter. That's all he's ever going to be. And he had lots of brothers that probably worked in the carpenter shop too, probably Joseph and son's uh, construction business. We know that Jesus, as the oldest son, 
in those days you followed in your dad's footsteps. If you were a boy and your dad was a farmer, what would you be? What would you be? A farmer. If your dad was a fisherman, what were you going to be when you grew up? Good. Now the next passage from Matthew is a parallel passage. And the people said, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And there's a picture of little Jesus. I love that painting because if you look at the shadow of Jesus there, what do you see in the shadow? Anyone? That's right. That kind of symbolizes that that was where Jesus was going to go for us, for his love for us. A cross made of wood. Well, Jesus, we know he was a carpenter, but in those days, it was a little bit different. We're going to look at a few things, though, from the Bible where you can clearly see that Jesus was not only a teacher, a rabbi, our savior, a miracle worker, the son of God, but he was a carpenter too. And it reflects that he was a carpenter. The first thing we want to look at when we look at Jesus the carpenter is what he said about building. He said, I will build my church. I will build my church. Now he will build his church That word build is where we get the word they use carpenter. Because you know in the Greek language that the New Testament's written in, there's not a word for a carpenter. Like when we think of a carpenter, what do we think carpenters work most with? What material? Exactly. Look at all the wood around here. We think of wood, but you know in Jesus' country, there weren't that many trees and wood was very expensive. And so the most common building material wasn't wood, it was stone. And so instead of carpenter, the word in Greek, which is technon, should really be he was a builder, he was a craftsman, he was an artisan, he was a skilled man who could make things. Now let's look at what it means to be a a builder, a carpenter, a technon in Jesus' time. The first thing we see is a picture, I think, from the village of Nazareth. That's actually in modern Nazareth, but it's a very old-fashioned carpenter shop. And you look at some of the simple tools they would use there, and they didn't have the saws that we have. In fact, instead of a saw, more often than not, they would use something that was more like what we would call a hatchet or an axe, something very sharp to cut the wood. And then they would shape it with planes. You see some of that. And look at some of the things the carpenter would make out of wood. They tended to be small, And most often they were farm tools or handles for tools. They didn't work a whole lot with wood. In fact, as I said, most often they worked with stone. Look at one of the villages Jesus loved most. That's the village of Capernaum. And those are the houses from Jesus' day. They were not short people. They were shorter than we are. But the walls were torn down over the years and only the bottom of the walls remain. What color are those stones? Those stones are dark. And you see them in person as I have many times. And that stone is black because it's a volcanic rock called basalt. And look how they built the walls. They made all of the stones fit. They used a little bit of mortar, but mostly they used gravity to fit the stones perfectly together. Then they would put white uh, plaster over the walls on the inside so the house didn't look all dark and gloomy. And they built the houses out of stone. It's amazing. Even the little windows you see there were shaped out of stone. The only wood in the house was mostly poles 
in the rafters, and then they would put uh, palm branches and mud on top of that. Well, that's Capernaum. Let's look at a city, though, that Jesus very possibly grew up working at because it's just a short walk from his hometown of Nazareth. And while he was a boy working with his father, uh, his earthly father, Joseph, he, he built a great city or very possibly was part of that because this city was being built. This is the city of Sephoris, and it was the capital of King Herod uh, Antipas. And this was an amazing city built in Greek and Roman style out of limestone and marble. And look at some of the beautiful things, some of the mosaic floors from the synagogue and the, the, the mansions in this house. I've been there and it's incredible. The big circular zodiac mosaic, that's from the middle of their church, their synagogue. Very interesting and kind of strange too. But Jesus said... I'm going to, he was done building regular buildings, houses, and maybe synagogues, and and working with wood. And at 30 years old, as he began to preach and teach God's good news to us, what did he say? I will build my what? My church. I will build my church. Look at the passage we find that in. Matthew chapter 16. Jesus is asking, who do people say that I am? And then he said, what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. But Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, was he going to build a church on his friend Peter because his name meant rock? No, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus has just heard Peter and his faith. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He believed that Jesus was his savior. And Jesus says, on that belief and that faith, God builds the church. Isn't that wonderful? Every one of you who believe in Jesus as your savior, the Bible says you are like living stones built into God's great church. Now, you know, our kickoff Sundays, we have lots of, uh, lots of uh, object lessons. Let's do that today. Let's have some building going on here. Now, I need a couple kids. Now, don't run up here. Always raise your hand, and we'll try to let people take turns because not everybody gets to come up on the platform. But I need two, I need, uh, two taller kids to be builders. Taller. How about you, Zeke? Zeke? Okay, get somebody else, Zeke. You guys come up, take these uh, bricks. Well, actually, they're shoeboxes from Henry's Shoes. And every time I mention Henry's Shoes on YouTube, I get a discount. So, <laughs> Okay, you guys, build me a wall. Maybe cover that door up there. You guys work together. Try to build it all the way up to the top. Build that wall the best you can. Flat on the side, you guys figure that out. Now I need two good kids that are good at crafts, good with hands and building things, and good that way. Okay, uh, let us have... uh, Who's good with crafts? Okay, do you want to be one of them? You come up here, and I'll give the directions. And... uh, (laughs) Everybody wants to be up here. Okay, uh... And they're all pointing at Lila. I don't know why. Okay, Lila. 
I don't know this girl. She's not related to me. No, <laughs> okay, okay. Now, you kids, you're going to be building two for something we're going to use later. Look at these two wonderful bowls of marshmallows. That's your bricks, and the bricks stick together. We unscrew this with toothpicks. That's how you join them together. Those are your nails. See, I'll do the first one for you. Bloop, bloop, see? And I want you guys to build the most beautiful houses. Take your time. You take as long as you need here, just like the boys. You guys work here. Build me some houses on these little paper plates, okay? Uh, make them square. You figure it out, okay? Get to work, okay? They are building. They are our builders, and they will be working for a while there. Jesus said, I will build my church. All right. Now, anybody here who ever builds something, and right now we have one church family for sure who's right in the middle of building a new house. And I look around and I see some of you have just recently in the last few years finished building houses. A lot of our families have gone through that where they didn't just buy a house, they built it from start to finish to if it ever does get finished. An important part of building a house is to count the cost. And Jesus taught us that lesson as a good carpenter, not only says, well, I build, and he's building a church, but he talks about an important part of the building process. You know, there's these things before we build, we make a design, what we want to build. What do we call those? Blueprints? They're not always blue, but a blueprint you can look at that and you can tell how big it's going to be, how much wood, how much metal, how much uh, wiring for electricity, drywall, paint, shingles, nails, screws, everything that you're going to build in that house, you figure it out. There's a lot of figuring and math. And then you add it all up and it tells you how much, how much. And you know, Jesus told a story of somebody who made a mistake. They thought they had enough to build a tower, but they figured wrong. They started, but they couldn't finish. And everybody made fun of them and laughed at them. And sometimes I do that. I've gone to a potluck and I put a little of this and a little of that on my plate, just a little bit, like little bricks in a building. I get to the end of the line and I've got a giant mountain of food I took more than I really could eat, so I kind of feel bad leaving food behind, you know. I'm just making that up, obviously. I never leave food behind, okay? But uh, imagine doing that. Well, Jesus talks about counting the cost in Luke chapter 14. He says, and he's talking in this context, Jesus is saying, it's not easy to be a Christian to be my follower, the world, they hate me, they'll hate you because you're my follower. He says, you have to love me. He said some hard things before this. He says, you have to love me more than you love your mom, your dad, your brothers and sisters, more than anyone or anything in the world. Don't follow me unless you're willing to pay that cost. And so, so Jesus says, suppose one of you, when you guys are done, and that is amazing, when you guys are done, you can have a seat. Same with you girls. When you think your masterpiece is finished, but make it as nice and tall as you can, okay? Jesus said, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down? This is it. He's got his blueprints out. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost? 
to see if he has enough money to complete it. This is Jesus the carpenter talking from experience. He says, for if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him. That means to tease him and make fun of him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. (laughs) Okay, we have to think about that. What does that mean for us following Jesus? Do we really, do we really love him more than anyone else? That's what it means. And Jesus is saying some pretty hard things here. Now, as an illustration, I need hungry boys here. Or maybe, they don't have to be boys. I need kids who think. Now, here's, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about who eats cereal for breakfast. Who eats cereal? Who thinks they can eat a bowl of cereal in two minutes? A bowl of cereal. If you don't think, now this is you guys counting the cost, figure it out. That's a pretty big bowl. You know, maybe Pastor Allen, the carpenter, is not going to put too much in there. Can I do it in two minutes? Can I? Okay. Lincoln thinks he can for sure. He's, he's adding it up like a little computer. Okay, okay. Let's have Amber. We'll have a boy and a girl. Let's come over here to this sawhorses. Amber, here will be your bowl. And I've got two bowls. Don't worry, Lincoln. Okay. Lincoln, you come up, Lincoln. Take your spot next to Amber. I'll get your bowl. Here's the milk and the cereal. Where's Lincoln? Oh, here he comes. I don't know. He was washing his hands. I don't know what. All right, Lincoln, hop up there. Right there, I'll get your bowl and spoon. Okay, we'll have two minutes. Okay. Okay, let's see if you can do this in two minutes. And these are delicious multigrain Cheerios. Okay, is that good? Okay. Now, Lincoln, let's, two minutes. Okay. Okay. All right. Get your spoons ready. Oh. That's good. Okay. 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 They estimated, they counted the cost, they did their math. And let me give you guys the countdown. Three, two, one, go. Two minutes. Do your best. I'll be interested to see how much Lincoln eats at the potluck later. (laughs) Go, Lincoln. Go. Go, Amber. Two minutes. Okay. That's only 15 seconds. Pace yourselves, guys. Don't choke. Safety first. Can we zoom in on these two? I wish you guys could see it as good as me. Lincoln is like a machine. It's, it's like Mike Mulligan's steam shovel going at it. Okay, Amber's doing good. Okay. Oh, he's starting to slow. Okay, and you guys, you guys still have another minute and 10 seconds. 
I think Amber's doing fine. Did you have breakfast this morning, Amber, before you came? Oh, well, yeah, good. I don't think Lincoln has eaten for a few days, but... Okay. All right. Good job. Good job, Amber. You figured perfectly. Okay. Don't don't overdo it there. This is this is live on YouTube. We don't want any accidents, okay? <laughs> okay, there's 30 seconds left. Take a breath. Ah. <sighs> Amber's closing in. 15 seconds to go. You're doing good, Lincoln. (laughs) You can pick it up and drink it, Amber, if you want to finish. Look at that. You can pick yours up to drink. No, I'm just... (laughs) Okay. Finished. Good job. Oh, Amber, perfect. She figured just, well, Lincoln. <laughs> All right. That was, you know, sometimes there's an old saying, our eyes are bigger than our stomach. Well, Pastor Allen tricked you, but Lincoln, oh man, his stomach is bigger than his eyes. I'll tell you that for sure. He probably ate three pounds of Cheerios there. Let's give the kids a good hand. All right. Good job. But isn't that interesting? That lesson Jesus taught was from being a builder. You estimate the cost before you start out. What an important lesson in life is to finish what we start. And in following Jesus, we want to just love him more than anyone else. The Bible talks about God's people finishing well, and that is so important. Well, now this is something interesting. Jesus is talking about marriage but he used carpenter language to talk about it when he says what God has joined together, what God has joined. Now, in those days, joining, that's interesting. We'll see a picture in a little while because they used uh, nails to join things together. Uh, They had invented screws, but they were used more to lift water, great big ones. Like today, we use probably wood screws even more so than we use nails anymore. And if you do use nails, you don't use the old-fashioned things like, uh, like framing hammers. You don't use hammers as much anymore. Good carpenters often have machinery to use nail guns. Pop, 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 pop. They put the nails in quickly and powerfully, and they do a great job. Well, Jesus says joining, and they join things with nails and with uh, mortar, which was clay and sand and straw mixed together to hold stones together. But Jesus was asked once about men and women, God joining our hearts and lives together. And he says this, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female. And he said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate what God has joined together. And Jesus, as a carpenter, would know about connecting things so that they lasted. Look at this boat. I've shown a picture before. That old boat was from Jesus' time. That boat was floating on the Sea of Galilee, a fisherman's boat, when Jesus was alive. But it sank 
in a battle against Roman soldiers, and it was covered up in the mud until there was a great drought in Israel and the Sea of Galilee, the lake where they get a third of their drinking water. It got so low, they found this boat. And it was from Jesus' time. And they found that boat, and as it was put together, it was put together with nails and wood. And those nails, those are 2,000-year-old nails from uh, Jesus' time, And that boat had been patched so many times that it had 14 different kinds of wood that it was held together by. And for all we know, Jesus, as he was friends with fishermen, that that he would help patch their boats. He would know so much about boats because he was a technon, a builder, a craftsman, what God has joined together. Now, I love swinging a hammer and driving nails, and we have many men here. This is because this, uh, this is something that I don't want anyone to squish their fingers on. Kids can't do this. But I have three pieces of wood with over a dozen nails started, and I need three grown-ups to do this. Now, one of the grown-ups, I didn't say three men because one of them is going to be Miss Debbie. She's going to come up and she's going to be in the nailing contest. Okay, come on up, Debbie. Yeah. Now, are there any other dads who would like to be in the nailing contest today? Who's that? I think Aaron, as a professional carpenter, come on, your kids want you to come up, Aaron. Come on up. All right. You get to pick your hammer. You get first picked. Okay. Okay, don't start yet. Come on up, Aaron. And we need one more. How about from this side over here? Who? Here is... Here is uh, titanium. Good. Come on up. Okay. Pick a hammer. We'll probably... You'll need a little heavier framing hammer. Now, this would, this would be real easy. Let's make this just a little bit harder, okay? You guys, do you have knees where you can kneel down and get closer or however it's going to work for you? I think we will have a time. We will have timing, and they will do it blindfolded, and we'll see how many nails... How many nails they can drive in in a an amount of time, okay? I was thinking of letting them do it left-handed. Maybe Aaron should, okay. Okay, this is, I don't have safety goggles, so these will suffice. Okay. 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 And for Debbie. (laughs) All right. Now, you guys, with your hands, you can feel. Get a range. Don't get your fingers in there. Get the range. Okay. We will give you how many minutes? Like one minute? Let's see how much damage they could do. Okay. Get ready in like, uh, okay, about... 15, about 10 seconds here. We'll give you guys, see how you do after a minute if you got them all done, okay? Don't, don't do your fingers in. I know it's tempting to just hang on to them. Okay, go. That's pretty good. good. Oh, 
<laughs> Nails are flying. Oh, oh. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, Debbie. Hey, Leo, he's doing good, too. He's choking up on the grip a little over there. That's that's probably safe. That's probably wise. Uh-oh, bent ones are a penalty. No. Man, Debbie's is going to be done. We got 15 seconds left. <laughs> good job, everyone. Oh, ouch, 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 oh, oh, it's getting frantic now, okay, stop, good job, all right, all right, okay, now, a lot of hers were just shooting all over the place, <laughs> and, and this actually might be harder wood, I should have warned her ahead of time, I think it actually was. The old telephone poles were just pine, I think, over here. Okay, you guys did good, but I think as we look at it, I think the professional one. The, let's give them all a big hand. Good job, everyone. Good job. Wow. Well, you know, boys and girls, we talked about what God has joined together. We talked about planning and, and having blueprints. You know, my blueprint for my whole life is my Bible. It's God's Word. And you guys at Kids Club, you see my small Bible for visiting, my little blue one, and here's my old black one that I've had for many, many years. And this really shows how we can live our lives. All right, what God has joined. Well, remember those houses, those beautiful houses these girls built? These houses remind us that Jesus, that Jesus, he said, I will build my church. But Jesus also talked about building once, and he talked about building our houses upon a firm foundation, a house on the rock, okay? Now, we know that story. Let's remember that story, the house upon the rock. It says uh, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus told this story. He said, therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had, had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, they ignore what God's word tells us. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. All right. All right. I have a recreation of that story. Let's do it. Let's move the old toolbox. We'll let Lincoln take his cereal home. Finish. Okay, let's get this down so you guys can see a little bit better. Okay, we are going to take those two houses. Okay, scoot back just a little. No, we're not going to roast the marshmallows. No. Okay, so we don't get too much water on Mr. Arlen's rug. We'll put it in this plastic, okay? Here we go, see? Now, for the rock, when we follow Jesus and... 
read his Bible and let it guide us in life. It's like building a strong foundation. Look at that. That's rock. Those are bricks. Yeah, they're heavy. Okay, here we go. Let's see if this stands up when the water comes, okay? Now, what was the other one? The house was on the rock, and what was the other house built on? Let's see if Carpenter Owl has some sand. Okay. That's sand. Who has the sandiest yard in the whole church? That's right. This sand is from Gabori land, okay? Okay. Uh, it looks like a firm foundation. Let's see. Oh, yeah, that looks firm. I think I might build my house there. I don't know. Let's take these two houses. Wonderfully constructed. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Look at that. Those houses are just like our lives. When you love God and Jesus is in your heart and you read your Bible, your life is strong. It's built on a solid foundation. But when you don't read God's word and you just go along with anyone and do whatever everybody else is doing, well, when life gets hard, your house may crash down. Let's test this out. Uh, uh. Oh, yeah, it's over here. I lost my water. There it is. Good eyes. Boy, Debbie's nails were shooting everywhere. All right. First, Jesus says, the house built on the rock, the streams rose, the rains came down. Remember the old song? The rains came down and the floods came up. Well, here comes the rain. Here it comes. How's the house standing? I think Jesus was telling the truth. That was good. Now let's try the sand. Let's see how it works. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. You guys can eat these after the service today, okay? Oh, no. Look at that. Not yet. Oh, boy. I know. I want my life, not till after, I want my life to be like this, built on Jesus. Okay, have a seat. We're almost done. Okay, stay close, Ellis. I have something I need you to do. Okay, have a seat, everybody, except Ellis. Come up here with me, Ellis. Stand up here with me. All right. Ellis, I need his help. Not only have we learned to build our house on the rock that is Jesus, but you know the Bible says that sometimes, like a good carpenter, before they build something nice, sometimes they have to tear down old stuff. Sometimes they have to get rid of bad stuff, and we call that demolition. Demolition day. They have to tear things down. And if we're going to tear something down, I want a good carpenter to tear it down. And Jesus has promised in the Bible that he will tear down walls in our lives that are wrong, walls that keep us apart from people. 
Now, one of the great walls in Jesus' time was between Jewish people who knew the true God and all of the Greek and Gentile people who worshipped false gods and didn't know the true God of the Bible. The Jewish people hated the Greek people. The Greek people hated the Jewish people. The Bible says there was a wall of hostility and anger between them. But in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul says that God, our carpenter, can tear down walls. It says of Jesus, for he himself is our peace. He who has made the two, Greeks and Jews, has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Our carpenter, Jesus, tore down the wall of fear and hatred and suspicion between us and other people. God's love does that. It tears down walls. People may be afraid of knowing you and think you're strange because you love Jesus, but if you love them, it tears down that wall in their lives. Now, I like Ellis. He's got this great carpenter uh, pouch, way better than mine, and he's got good tools in it, and he wears it often. So he, I think, is going to be a carpenter. Uh, What's his dad do? Do anyone know? He's a carpenter cowboy i know i know and so i think i see i see uh, matthew's sons following in their dad's footsteps so put your tools away i need something from you ellis i need as an illustration i need some demolition done okay i need you to take down the wall let's pretend that wonderful wall those boys built is the dividing wall and can you Let's see if you can take down that whole wall while we count to 10, okay? Get going. Okay, everybody count to 10 with me. One, two, no, three, four. Pull it down, Ellis. Ah! <laughs> Keep it going. Okay, take them all down, Ellis. Okay, take them all down. Maybe not the hammer. Maybe <laughs> You can kick them too. The door opens the other way. Okay. Good job. You tore down that wall just like Jesus does. Good job. Okay, you can have a seat. Boys and girls, sometimes it does take a carpenter to tear down the walls in our lives. We've learned some important lessons from Jesus the carpenter. He says, build your life on a solid foundation. Build your life on loving Jesus. And he also says that he's the one who builds the church. It's not a human thing. Jesus adds one person at a time, one heart at a time. And the book of Peter says that we're like living stones in God's temple. He says that he can join together people. He joins the body of Christ, the church together. He joins us together. He joins uh, men and women together in marriage. God does a wonderful thing in that. And our house built on the rock It stands firm. So we have learned all these things today. And boys and girls, in just a few weeks, it's hard to believe, Kids Club starts up again. And we have an advertisement for Kids Club today. Kids Club is on Thursday nights in October and November. And we are going to have a great season this year. Now, in just a moment, we're going to pray for our meal and head next door. We're going to leave the carpenter shop and head to the fellowship center. And just one more announcement for the ladies here today. Our ladies ministry has a little survey on the tables. So if you are a lady 
you take that survey, fill it out, and there's a little box by the door when you come in, and you can either leave your survey on the table or drop it in the box. All right, boys and girls, we've had a fun time. Uh, after we pray for our meal, you come up here, and I have some rock candy for you. In fact, they're pop rocks, and everybody here gets four packs, okay? And then you can head next door with your moms and dads. So let's become quiet and close in prayer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, the carpenter's son. We thank you that he is the carpenter, Lord, that builds his church today, that tears down those walls of sin and hatred. And Father, we just uh, thank you that he makes us and knits us together as the body of Christ, the church. And Father, we thank you for the love we experience. Dismiss us now to a time of fellowship. Thank you for the meal and those who have prepared it. And Lord, we just thank you for this fun day. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, kids, come up. Watch out for everything. I'll bring it to you.